Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, welcome back, my boomer buddies, to Another Day Above Ground. This is the podcast for you because we talk about stuff that only people our age will remember, and uh, and that's uh, that's darn important. And of course, I cannot do it alone. I have my two partners here with me. Here, first of all, from the uh, Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. Please welcome the the Queen of Fashion, Carolyn Strauss. It's funny you should call me the Queen of Fashion because I'm here in mourning because um, Big Jake, the world's tallest horse, passed away a couple of weeks ago. And I'm thinking he'd make a really good handbag. I mean, he's not using it anymore. Take a three-suiter suitcase. You yeah. Know? The thing was like 20 feet tall. <laughs> And from the uh, from the state of Indiana, please welcome the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. You were a little late on that S when you said Big Jake, the world's biggest horse. <laughs> 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 For a second, I went, oh, man. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, by the way, uh, when is going into space tomorrow. Probably will be up there by the time we uh, we the show runs. It's uh, aboard a ship that looks like a giant phallus. Really? Which is kind of yeah. Look it up. Which is kind of uh, interesting, considering he's following the Virgin flight. He's looking for a black hole. Doctor <laughs> oh, Big Jake. <laughs> And so it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know, and the in the Olympics uh, will be starting uh, shortly, and uh, it, it's just going to be the pandemic Olympics. I mean, people are already getting sick over there, and yet they're still going to hold these races. I don't understand it, quite honestly. I mean, and well, I saw. A st- I saw a story that the beds that they're making the athletes sleep on are literally only wide enough for one person because they're trying to keep everything from being transmissible there. Well, they're, they're made out of cardboard, and uh, the, the beds are, and it, to uh, cut down on, on people doing it on their beds. But there was one Olympian from, I don't know where she, a gymnast from somewhere, and she started doing handsprings and backflips on the bed saying, oh, no, they're fine for that. <laughs> in uh in, in japan some of the buildings are made out of cardboard <laughs> it's it's godzilla's favorite flavor <laughs> you'd think that they'd have all those extra chopsticks you could make really teeny 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 skinny cabins <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and, and thank you, Carolyn, for proving once again comedy's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> we thought, oh, there it is. There's the picture. It does look like a giant wiener. Holy Christmas. Oh, you hadn't seen that before? <laughs> no. It's the most phallic thing. And, you know, and I know now why he's getting divorced, because clearly he needed to build one. <laughs> and when, when it comes back to earth is it going to be heading down and two giant uh parachutes, parachutes. Out. <laughs> <laughs> well actually yeah the, the 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 first stage is going to come down separately so it's just gonna it's gonna look a lot shorter when it comes down 
<laughs> well, that'll happen. <laughs> it's, it's cold up there. It's, <laughs> it's the circumcised version. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it's just the foreskin coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you can probably tell by now, folks, we decided to do something a little different this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try to be funny for a change. <laughs> But we thought, you know, uh, is that what we'd like to do uh, is, is baby boomers. When we were growing up, you know, we had very limited access to TV. We didn't have any video games. And if we weren't playing outside, our moms had us read. And uh, reading, as for many of us, has become a, a lifelong uh, obsession. And I was just wondering about the, uh, the most influential or important or memorable books that, that you've ever read. And uh, so we'd like to like to talk about that. I'll start off with my number one book would have to be the Bible, because it is uh, you know it's got a lot of good stuff in there. It's got some uh, it's got some naughty stuff with guys having sex with their own daughters. It's got uh, you know a lot of killing and smiting, but it it, it it's also a, an excellent guide to living your life. So I would say that would be the most important book I've ever read. Not I only that, it. not only that, if you actually lose your copy, you can find them anywhere. <laughs> you got to check into a hotel. But. I am such a. F I love that you read fiction. That makes me really happy. Um, my <laughs> really nothing. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's gone beyond comedy, sister. Yeah, actually, actually, <laughs> I, I I think the people I think the people that are mistaken are the ones that thought it would, thought it was history. I mean, it's still it, you know fiction. It, it's still it still stands up regardless of the fact of whether it's a, a historical account or not. Well, and it, you know, unfortunately, it can't be proven to be, be historical because uh, you know there was no uh, video cameras or cell phones or anything else that day, and it's 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 told by people who were there many of them or who you know i don't know i i i just uh, i i think it's really good let me give you another one that i just uh, am in the middle of reading and it's called um american massacre and it's about the mormons and back in 1860, I think it was, I forget the, the meadow where this, this uh, wagon train was diverted by the Mormons who didn't want anybody coming through their area in Utah and just massacred all these people just because they were uh, Gentiles and, and just killed them all, took babies and children and women. And, and it, it, it points out what a real dick John Smith and Brigham Young were. I mean, they were, you know... I don't think that's a religion. I think that's more of a cult. But that's just me after reading this book. So, boy, now it now 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 I'm scoring two heathens for the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you have a you have a book, Dale, that that you know is is your guide to how to live life. Um, what if what if mine is Fifty Shades of Grey? Really? Did you read the book, or did you just um, watch the movie, or did you oh, just read no. the good parts? I just read the good parts of the book. Ah, okay. I mean, isn't that what you do with the Bible? Same thing. Well, yeah, except um, you know that it kind of has a plot, you know, as opposed to a, a, a spot. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tim? What's your favorite book or most influential book you've read? Well, well. Uh... You know, when you first announced that this was going to be the topic, I kind of thought that you were, as baby boomers, we were going to be talking about books that we grew up with. 
And, that too. Uh, and who, that too. who who among us does not remember the Scholastic Book Club? Oh yeah, where you get oh, a catalog, yeah. where you get catalog several times in the year, and then you got to pick out what books you want. Then you get really excited the day they they arrive, and they, I still remember that when you cut open the tape on that box of books, and then <laughs> right, you, right. Then, then start uh, then the teacher starts handing them out. How excited! Imagine that getting excited for new books. <laughs> Did you guys have bookmobiles when you were kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it oh. pulled up right to the school, the big bus full of books. Yeah. Yes, when the bookmobile came and you went by class and class by class and you'd get to walk through and pick a book for yourself. That was really exciting. So I think I think all the books on the Scholastic Book Club, I think they were all the same, right? A, a lot of Henry Huggins and Ribsy. Was that? Uh... <laughs> I, I I really don't I don't recall. I remember Dick and Jane, you know, because they they're etched in my memory. And Spot the dog. Well, actually, but, I uh... went to I went to Catholic school. And we we didn't have Dick and Jane. <laughs> you just said Dick and Dick. I don't. Right? I, I, I didn't. I did not realize that until I got older. That that no, the Catholic version was edited slightly. It was John, Gene, and Judy. There was a uh, wow. yeah. There was there was no Dick in the Catholic school. <laughs> well, oh, yes, there, well, was. there is now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another problem. They but I remember the, the 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 one I remember the most from my childhood was uh, Encyclopedia Brown. And, oh uh, yeah! Remember yeah, Encyclopedia yeah, yeah. Brown? He would always come up with, with, with was that the guy? Was that, he, he was the one that would do the? Was he the one that did the inventions? Or was that a different? Was that a different character? Now Encyclopedia Brown, if I remember, was like a detective. Yeah, his dad was a cop, and he would solve the cases his dad couldn't. Right, and, but, right. But I don't know if he also was inventor, and, and, and there was there was a, the, he uh, invented the sure shot paper slinger because he was a paper boy, and it was a thing on the back of his bike that he could <laughs> stuff a paper in and shoot it from the street all the way to the neighbor's front porch, and uh, several broken windows later. <laughs> He, he That's cool. He, he yeah, no, I never have to look that one up. I never saw that. And one. the other invention, the other invention, and I, I think of this one once a week, is that he got a power lawnmower and tied it to a rope, and then pounded the a stake in the middle of the yard, so as the as the uh, as the lawnmower would go around the yard, it would slowly wind the rope and come in closer and closer with each swipe, so he could actually go play with his friends while the while the lawnmower cut every every week. I think of that one. I wonder. If, <laughs> I, I have not done it yet, but. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's been invented, and that would not be a hard computer program to put to program into a lawnmower to actually make that happen. Well, they I, I, they actually have the Roomba version of a lawnmower. Now. Do they? It, yes, yeah, they yeah. do. Yes, they do. I'm looking at that that, that one really closely. Merry Christmas, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I hated cutting them grass. That's why I got rid of all of it in my in my yard because I, ever since I was a little kid, you know, I would had the rotary push rotary mower, and um, and uh, then I, in college I worked in a cemetery where I cut grass every day, and then I just I always hated it. But uh, my nephew um, was found the old rotary mower in. He lives in the house I grew up in now. Found the old rotary mower, and he said that he was cutting the grass with it just for the heck of it. He said it's not a good idea. If you have a dog, because when you hit the poop, it all flies back Ew. on you. 
Yeah, that's why the mowers have the side chute. <laughs> so that way you just paint the neighbor's car. <laughs> yeah, but this wasn't power. This was just a push Yeah, the real, the, you're yeah. talking the real yeah, yeah. mower. Real mower, right, yeah. right. It's uh, we live next door. We 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 have huge yards in our neighborhood. There, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, ours is uh, ours is almost a full acre. Wow. Uh, the 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 guy next door was a high school gym teacher, and he actually would make his uh, make his kids. Uh, he would not buy them a power mower. Figured, uh, nope. You're gonna go to the gym and work out anyway. Might as well do it in the yard. So he yeah he had a re- he had them pushing a real mower over over an acre. You might want to get a goat, and then when the grass stops growing, <laughs> yeah, start up the barbecue. <laughs> so did boys read the Nancy Drew books? No, I did not. No. no. Mm, yeah, I think Nancy no, Drew was had... our version of that that mystery kind of detective kind of girl. Oh no, we had the art, the Hardy Boys. Hardy yes. Boys. Yes. Hardy same, Boys. Same That's things right, yeah. except with frogs rather than dolls. Yes. <laughs> and I think they were written by the same people with the same plots, just boys as the star, girls as the star. <laughs> and in school, my favorite book to, to read was uh, Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea. Because it was 86 pages long, and it counted as a book on the list. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to do a side shoot off that. Have you guys been watching The Kaminsky Method on Netflix? Did you see the the last season? Yes, I did. Did you see The Old Man in the Sea with Michael Douglas? Yes, I did. That was awesome. I loved the last season of that show. I missed Alan Arkin, but boy, was that a good show. So I highly recommend it for those of you guys who are listening. If you haven't seen the Kaminsky Method yet, it's it's a show starring all baby boomers, which is so refreshing. Isn't that great? And really? I did not recognize we- what's her name, uh, his ex-wife. Uh, 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 oh yeah 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 yeah. Um oh my god, my brain. Yeah. Um, oh, Je- Je- not Jean Smart. No, no, she was the same one that was with them in the romancing the stone and all that other stuff. Kathleen Turner, thank there you very you much. There you go. I didn't yeah. recognize her at all. Linda pointed it out. So that's Kathleen Turner. I said, "Get out!" Yeah, she's she's been ridden rather roughly. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Is our our, our our book episode devolves to TV again? <laughs> <laughs> reads books anymore come on i i read business books that's all i read now which is very very sad but i just read business books there's a really good one if you want to get what you want from people there's a book called persuasion by cialdini it's a really good book if you want to get what you want from people yeah, there's al- to... also the owner's manual for a cult 911 so... yeah. <laughs> in but, high school uh, i the read book... the in high school i read the lord of the rings I Did still, you really? I still remember that? Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, uh, it, w- it was enjoyable. I, I I had a buddy that that, that read it like six times with the whole the whole series, Hobbit through the the Return wow. of the King. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah, uh, that's I I don't usually read books you know more than twice, but six times. Wow. Yep. yep. No, he loved it. One of my favorite authors when I was in my I don't know twenties thirties I don't even remember. Um, Michael Crichton. I mean, I know a lot of his books have been turned into movies. His books are so much better than the movies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. You want to read yeah, Jurassic books. Park? That's a good book. You want to read yeah. Congo? That's a good book. His books are phenomenally well written. And they make interesting plots for movies, but 
Boy, the books are good. Did you read yeah. State of Fear? Yes. Did you like it? Yes. Huh. Was that the yes. one with the bio uh, germs mm. and stuff? Nope, nope. That was no? the one. No, no. That was the one where the climate change scientists were trying to take over the world. Ah, okay, okay. Mm. That one usually, yeah. usually, usually. That's where. Uh, that's where he lost the leftists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've read everything. Pretty much everything he's written. I just what about Mark right. Twain? Did you read much Mark Twain? He's my favorite author. And I've I've read everything he's written, and uh, I would say Huck Finn, Huckleberry Finn, is my favorite Mark Twain book. But he has written some phenomenal stuff. I, 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 uh, some I of his, his stuff, stuff, some of his stuff was unfinished. I actually got the complete Mark Twain, and I, I I wasn't aware. I think the Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. It's been made into cartoons and and uh, Danny Kaye musicals and a bunch of stuff. But he never finished that one. That one was just uh, it was like something he started. He thought was interesting. And uh, the the Hollywood finished it for him. Wow, I was not aware of that. So you yeah. got the incomplete, complete Mark Twain. <laughs> well, I, the complete I, as it gets, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think Mark Twain actually probably has a quote about uh, uh, authors, authors and completion of their works. <laughs> <laughs> How no human author is possible to do that. I, uh, you know, I remember uh, Huck Finn and Mark Tw- and uh, uh, Tom Sawyer. I, I remember those being pushed as children's books when I was younger, and they didn't. Right. They they, they were kind of hard for a kid. I, I I thought they were a little a uh, little more advanced they, than actually kid. You you would think kids' books. Well, you could read them two ways. You know, you could read the advanced, you know, things that were happening in, in Huck Finn as an adult and understand it. But as a kid, it was just, you know, hey, he's two guys on a raft. You know, it's yeah, cool. it was an adventure story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A kid smoking a pipe. That's what that's. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yep, yep. When I was, uh, when, it, when I was a kid, that's, that, that, that was my first experience with tobacco. I learned, uh, I learned at a very young age that they will not sell you cigarettes at the drugstore, but they assume that pipe tobacco is for your parents, is for your dad. So they'll always, wow. uh, they'll always let you buy pipe tobacco. And uh, so, I, so I bought some pipe tobacco and then the, the cheap little corncob pipe, and I would go out in the right. woods in my cut-off shorts. And, and when I would be sitting there up against a tree puffing, along, puffing on my, my corncob pipe, I would, I would imagine that I was a young Hugh Hefner. But uh, <laughs> looking back at myself barefoot and cut off shorts with a corncob pipe, I was uh, <laughs> very <Wow>. Huck Finn. <laughs> I went to Hannibal a couple of years ago, Hannibal, Missouri, where uh, where Mark Twain was born, and uh, it, 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 it's amazing. I mean, you, when you when you see the neighborhood and the house and everything in the in Mississippi, right at the bottom of the hill, you can just picture everything i mean he he was uh you know he did a real good job of of describing where he was at the time it was really good really cool my other uh, my other book that made a big impact on me only because well not only but mainly because it introduced me to a new style of writing and that was uh, fear and loathing in las vegas ah that. didn't read the book but i love the movie Oh, you got to read Hunter S. Thompson. He's written some great books. His book with the uh, with the Hell's Angels, unbelievable, and uh, and a couple other things. But yeah, he was. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the, the book. Will give you insights into the writing style of a very screwed up guy, and that was cool. 
While we're on that topic, I also uh, what, what, what influential book for me was uh, uh, On the Road. Yeah, Jack with, Kerouac. Uh, All Jack. done on one roll of paper. He uh, had one paper roll that he wrote on and just rolled it up, and that's that's what I read. That he that's how he wrote the book. Benzedrine. All done on not only one <laughs> roll of paper. <laughs> Benzedrine. <laughs> That's how he wanted it published too. Actually, he uh, on Benzedrine <laughs> buy a book, get a damn. Probably no, on he, rolling uh, papers. Yeah, he 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 wanted it published uh, exactly as he typed it out. He wanted it. Uh, uh, he wanted it sold in a roll. That uh, oh, cool. and, and there were. I, I understand there were. And it might just be recently several copies published like that, that you could actually read it like a read it like a scroll. And uh, w- w- which is kind of interesting. I, uh, I, I also learned later that uh, um, that he it was supposed to be a w- it, it, it essentially defined the beatnik culture, you know, that eventually turned into the hippie culture. And, right. And it kind of uh, uh, it was the, the uh, recipe book for that. But he didn't write it as a how to guide. Apparently, when he wrote it, he said, boy, if people read this, they'll definitely not want to be beats. when they they get a load of these low lifes i've been hanging out with for the past three years they're gonna they're gonna shy away from that counterculture (laughs) uh, yeah he was sarcastic about it it was not uh, it was not meant to be uh it it was meant as satire not as a like i said a how-to guide yeah, well, yeah. I think one of the books that affected baby boomers more than anything is um, from the 60s. It was Betty Friedan's The Feminine Mystique. That started feminism. And I believe that that book is the downfall of many marriages, including my parents. Yeah, mom, if you're listening, sorry. Um, my mom read The Feminine Mystique about feminism and how women can do everything that men can do and, and all this stuff. And she started, you know, being, um, she started being a feminist without a whole lot to back it up, which is terrible. And, um, and that ended their marriage. So I think The Feminine Mystique really changed the world. Yeah, well, well, also, yeah, it's, uh, you know, before that book came out, men used to buy dinner, hold doors, uh, uh, buy jewelry. Where's my time machine? (laughs) I want a time machine. I'm tired. I've been working my butt off for 40 years. I need a time machine. See, that's because you're into that feminism thing. Had you gotten married and had children, you'd just be sitting around now reading magazines. Okay, I'm going to point out a show. If you think that's fun, there's a show on Netflix called Sex Life. For any of our women listening, watch it. It's really good. Mm. Well, what what's it's, the plot? The plot is a woman who plot. was kind of crazy <laughs> in her in her 20s and early 30s and had incredible relationships and then marries the man of her dreams, has two babies and goes, "What did I do?" It's really great. Sex life. There's, yes. a, there's an interesting. There's an interesting scene in Mad Men. Spoiler alert: If you haven't watched the series, but it's been out for ten years, so your your problem. <laughs> it, it's uh, the guy who holds the Jaguar advertising account decides that he wants to sleep with the receptionist, and then so they pull aside the receptionist and go, "This is a real good account." <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh and she goes, Okay, but I want to be a partner. <laughs> and, Good for her. And that yeah. And they go, 
okay, deal. And uh, he, she she goes to do the despicable. And before they begin, he presents her with a gorgeous emerald necklace. And uh, There you go. Then and, when they uh, were done, he gave her a beautiful pearl necklace. So, you know, it's good to have jewelry. <laughs> yeah, I okay. barely get a slice of pizza. I miss I the 50s. I know. It's that's, not okay. That's what I'm saying. That was Mad Men happened before the feminine mystique. <laughs> yes. The feminine mystique really messed us up. But with Mad Men, I was in the advertising business in the period right after Mad Men, but there was still a lot of stuff that stuck around. You know, there was still your three martini lunches and your harassment and uh, and usage of uh, other employees and stuff. That was a it was a very uh, very wacky world of advertising where you'd pretty much do anything to get the account. And uh, fortunately, I was never asked to do there that. There were probably so. a few Don Drapers actually uh, actually still hobbling around the, the the offices when you were there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they were. And they, they, they uh, you know, they were still sticking to the old ways, as it were. So, it's, uh, Somebody said it's really sad to think of Don Draper, who Don Draper really is today. He's an old man asking his grandkids to help him activate his cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> what about adventures uh, books? Do you read any adventure books? My favorite one was uh, Thor Heyerdahl, Kantiki. I read that when I was about 10 years old, and it just fascinated me that this guy could build all this stuff out of just logs and float it across the ocean. And uh, it was it was really, uh, that one really uh, interested me and, and, you know, made that's me your, never want to get out. I think that's your second raft book that you've referenced there, Dale. Second, why? What was the other raft? Huck, Huck oh, 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 Huckleberry Finn. Okay. All right. Huh. Well, I don't think I have any other raft books. And now, Carolyn, you said you just read business books. Have you ever read uh, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive the, Thinking? Oh, and How to Win Friends and Influence People and all of those, of course. I've read all of those. Thinking Grow first... Rich. I'm, th- I'm still the... thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've read all of those. Are you kidding? I have an entire library of that stuff. But I remember when I was a, a, a young teenager with very poor self-esteem, my sister introduced me to uh, Maxwell Maltz, who wrote Psycho-Cybernetics, which was another, you know, feel-good, you-can-do-it type of book, which you know, everybody later captured. But that was, uh, that was another, another big one for me. I remember L. Ron Hubbard's book. Was it Dianetics or something? Diuretics, that, I think. Diuretics. The art of peeing. How to pee your way to the next level. <laughs> how, to, how, how to piss away your money. <laughs> but in the 80s, I was living back in New York, and that was a big... Thing. You know, everybody, every, on every corner, there were there were um, those folks giving away copies of Dianetics and inviting you to an introductory cult thing all yeah, the well, time. Yeah, where you gave all your money, you know, and, and, and anyhow, yeah, I think yeah, we I got, got, we got, I've actually got, a, I've got a Scientology story. This is, this is, uh, this, this is kind of interesting. It's, uh, it, and it's, and it's, it ends in a mystery, is that, uh, uh, there was there were the, the Scientologists were cold calling college freshmen uh, at University of Michigan. They'd call you up and they'd say, "Do you want to come in for a free audit?" 
and uh, and, and I had a, my, my roommate actually did it. She called uh, and, and and he talked he talked to this girl back and forth all the time that was calling our dorm room about uh, about going in for his audit then he went for his audit and you know then they started calling more and it was like oh you know with with what we've turned up on their first audit you definitely need to come in and have a few more of these things evaluated deeper because there are some serious issues here that that need to be rectified and the name of the girl that kept calling us madonna the real Madonna? I have no idea, but ah, okay. she went, the real Madonna went to University of Michigan the same year that I did. Wow, I'll be darned. So how many Madonnas do you think were registered at University of Michigan <laughs> in 1976? <laughs> wow. wow, you're brushed with greatness. Holy yeah, I, I, yeah. It, well, you know, you know, even more so, but uh, apparently a stage of her history that's kind of disappeared. I mean, we know Tom Cruise, we know John Travolta, we, we know, you know, we, we know all these. Uh, uh, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. yeah, we know all these, but that, but that's one that's never popped up. I'll be darned. So, so she went from Scientology to Kabbalah. Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never seen that show. <laughs> I think it's one of those Vegas reviews, you know, where they hang off of high wires. Oh, it's a show? I thought it was something that involved strings. It does. <laughs> Red out. strings around your that's, wrist. You're absolutely mar- right. That's, that's it. marionettes. That's yeah. <laughs> through my Kabbalah phase that was fun well this is By the way, I did I, I do I want to say one more thing coming yes. back to the beginning I did have a bible and I had a denim bible because it was the 70s yeah, and it was yeah. literally a bible that that had a denim cover and it was called right. the denim bible and I used to keep it in the freezer because I wanted to keep the word of God fresh oh man <laughs> It was and from here, we should just segue into the music highway to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me. It'll be very fun. <laughs> well, hard to believe, my friends, but we've run out of time. We have filled up this entire show talking about, uh, well, really just stuff that came to us. <laughs> And, and that's what being a boomer is all about. It's stuff that comes to you that you you know you forgot ten minutes ago, but now it come back to you. So that was a uh, that was really good. So as we as we say goodbye to our listeners for this show, Carolyn, do you have any uh, other uh, words that are you know non damnable? <laughs> yeah, go out and find a really tall horse, and he's got a shot. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Tim? Hey, I've got a TV show. If you uh, if you enjoy my humor, you can now watch my TV show, Stand Up, Sit Down, every Friday and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, uh, if you're in the Chicago or Peoria areas, that's uh, Channel 59.3 VPod TV. Um, if you don't live in the Chicago area, you can go to vpodtv.com. At, at those times and, and and watch it as well there. Or if you have a Roku, you can download the VPod app and uh, watch watch Stand Up Sit Down every Friday and Saturday night at 8 p.m. It's me interviewing comics so for a half hour. Okay, so uh, am, I, am I on the list? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not which, even going to ask. Which, which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, yours would be stand up, lie down. And yeah. <laughs> You're a very tall horse. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> well, that's it, my friends, for another week of Another Day Above Ground. Go out and celebrate today because that's what it is, Another Day Above Ground. Share this with your friends and your family and, and teach them how to listen to a podcast. We, uh, we wanna, uh, we're we going to be coming to you every week with more fun and useless information just like this. And that's it for Another Day Above Ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.